Look, I know it was only week one, but Drew Aller showed why he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, that is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, covering all things Penn State football, men's basketball, and so much more here on this show. But football, 1-0 as James Franklin says Penn State gets it done against West Virginia. 38 to 15. Today's episode is sponsored by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, Drew Aller looked the part. Best quarterback in the Big Ten. That is right. That is not an exaggeration. That is the truth. We're going to talk about why in this episode, plus some other takeaways from the West Virginia win. And I know what you're thinking. This is a little delayed for Locked On Nittany Lions. Uh, bear with me. As you can tell, some of you might be listening to this, watching this. I, I am getting over a cold. I was under the weather, but we're pushing through because you got to bring the Penn State football content to all of you. So thank you for becoming an everydayer. If you're not subscribed to the channel, comment your thoughts about the game where Penn State projects now and what you liked most about the win over West Virginia. 38-15, to 15, Drew Aller, like I said, the best quarterback in the Big Ten is the main takeaway from this, Okay. The Mountaineers, not the best football team that Penn State's going to play this season, but Drew Aller, he showed everything that I needed him to. I thought Penn State was going to hold him back, right? I, I really did. I thought that Penn State was going to keep him under wraps, not show too much. But West Virginia said, we're going to make you, we're going to make you use Drew Aller. And that's what they said. Neil Brown, the head coach of West Virginia, said that outright, that if Penn State was going to beat West Virginia, they were going to have to do it behind Drew Aller's arm. And that was that was a jar you didn't want to open, okay? I, I'm sorry, but that's just that's not the one that you wanted to pick. You chose wrong. I mean, either way, it's pick your poison, right? It was either you know run cover zero and let the because right now Drew Aller is unproven, but let the unproven first time starter sophomore quarterback beat you, which is fine. That's the kind of the least of the two evils in this case if you're West Virginia, or let Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen. Uh, ground and pound uh, all up and down the football field all day by respecting the pass. So it was either respect the run, respect the pass. Uh, and they ended up respecting the run more so than the pass because we saw West Virginia run a lot of cover zero. They ran some stunted blitzes. And that's why I say Drew Aller, what he was able to do. There were two things from this. Cover zero, that's pretty easy to beat if you have the pocket presence that he does which in the case you look, you watch all game His pocket mobility for someone that is six foot five, 242 pounds plus right. Uh, estimate, right. Uh, Drew Aller is pretty mobile within short range. Is he going to beat you a straight line speed? Not all the time. He's not the slowest either, but he's also not the fastest. But when it comes to Drew inside the pocket, Drew is very good at maneuvering and shifting. He's quick. You would think that he's not going to be good with his first step when he's go moving up in the pocket. West Virginia thought that. And then he'd escape away those quick, crafty defensive ends. Guys would get through, okay? The offensive line had a decent game. They had a pretty good game, especially when they were running the football. But sometimes pass protection did break down. When it did, Drew Aller did not get sacked a lot. He got sacked once, and, you know, everyone in Beaver Stadium kind of held their breath. But 
other times on the first touchdown of the game. The play to Keandre Lambert-Smith, the 72-yard touchdown. Drew had to maneuver through the pocket like that. That is a veteran type of play, and that comes naturally. We saw him do that against Ohio last year. I get it. That's a MAC team. But still, anytime there's Division I pass rushers in your face and Drew Aller moves the way that he does to avoid it, to evade it, that is reason number one. Reason number two is Penn State didn't have to babysit Drew Aller. They said, okay, West Virginia is going to challenge us here. Drew, the playbook's all yours. Make the checks at the line of scrimmage. We're going to give you the best plays that are suited for your skill set. And it proved, it paid off 21 for 25, 325 yards, three touchdowns. I, I mean, Drew Aller had a very impressive game. So the tra- there weren't any training wheels, okay? They said, we're going to give you the full playbook. We're not going to bail you out. You are going to have full responsibility, full control. He looked like a senior and he is a fir- that was his first time starting. I know he played a good amount as a freshman coming in in spots. But he's shown a lot of maturity. And that's, I mean, the rocket arm, the plays that he was able to make in the pocket and then throwing downfield, like those are things that NFL scouts are looking for. So it is not far-fetched to say that Drew Aller is now the best quarterback in the Big Ten because of what he's doing. I watched J.J. McCarthy in Michigan. J.J. McCarthy is a good quarterback, okay? Mobile as well, right? I think he's a little bit faster in terms of straight line speed than Drew Aller. But Michigan does do things to help McCarthy out. They'll move the pocket. They won't let him make as many checks at the line of scrimmage, okay? There are things that they control for him. I felt like Drew Aller, again, training wheels are off. It's all on you, buddy. Whereas Michigan does do some things to protect, and that's fine. Winning's winning. But right now, with the pure arm strength, the size, the mobility, the awareness, all as a sophomore, Drew Aller is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And there's really, other than other than J.J. McCarthy, Kyle McCord struggled a little bit for Ohio State. Like, uh, the, the quarterback competition in the Big Ten is really not, <laughs> even if it wasn't for J.J. McCarthy, I don't know who else is uh, pretty close in that category. There's a huge separate tier there. Uh, but Drew Aller. Really, really impressed uh, in a lot of things. There was no easing him into it. He ran the offense like a veteran. Now, in addition to Drew Aller impressing me, I hope the wide receivers impressed you just as much as I did because Keandre Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace are very, I mean, what what can we say? They can both be that top wide receiver. Now, we know Keandre Lambert-Smith is wide receiver one, but I thought Trey Wallace would be a distant number two. That is not the case. I mean, James Franklin said it in postgame pressers that you can alternate the two of them between the X and the Z spot, meaning the, the first option and the second option. So that confuses defenses all that much more. I enjoyed watching Trey Wallace's routes. Very slick savvy just the veteran awareness and and that's what it translated to i mean between the two of them right keandre lambert smith had four catches 123 yards the big you know the big touchdown receptions both of them uh had two of them and trey wallace had seven catches for 72 yards so there was the big play and then the possession receiver that seems the identity that they're shifting into but between the two of them I thought that all the attention was going to be focused on Keanu Lambert Smith and you're going to have to see Trey Wallace basically sneak in as an understudy. And because he's not getting the attention that he's going to be able to make those plays. Well, no, he can make big plays even with the attention on him. So I I like that Penn state is getting a complimentary production and there's going to be games where Trey Wallace is the leading wide receiver 
uh, and he showed it against West Virginia. Now, another takeaway is that Malik McLean, uh, at this point in time, is the better transfer wide receiver between him and Dante Cephas, and honestly, is that third best wide receiver in the room. Okay, McLean had a solid game, right? Four catches, 58 yards, a touchdown, good route running, sure-handed, trusted by Drowler, targeted him the most, the third most after, right there between Keandre Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace. And McLean's always had the advantage all along at Penn State coming into camp because he arrived in January, okay? With Dante Cephas, he arrived in May, going into the summer semester. Uh, McLean, just in general, McLean has more upside. He's six foot four, a big target, very, very shifty for a guy his size. And I'm not counting out Dante Cephas. I'm not. But where McLean holds the advantage is that he's been here for a few months longer. In a few months' time, that whole winter practice, that winter time frame was huge for someone like Malik McLean, who just in general has more potential than Dante Cephas. I think Dante Cephas's basement is lower. I think he's going to be better across the board now. But McLean does have a better outlook, I would say, than a Dante Sivas. Dante Sivas got in the game, one catch, 22 yards. That's fine. Um, but he'll get better as the season goes along. And he might end up outperforming McLean when all said and done. But McLean right now, if he can take this and run with it and be that third option for a Penn State's wide receiver spot, I kind of like the way that this depth chart is is shaping up right now, okay? I discussed, discussed on this show a lot that Penn State would run more two tight end sets. Okay, they would run 12 personnel. They wouldn't go with they we saw the three wide receiver sets where Liam Clifford would come in in the slot. And that's fine. We expected that. But we saw a lot of just an X and a Z. So then after Keanu Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace, why not Malik McLean and Dante Cephas? I am okay with that. I like that. That is good, solid depth. And then let Liam Clifford and Kanan Saunders cycle in through the slot. There you go. Okay. So, but that, uh, and speaking on Liam Clifford, right, I'll add this, had some nice receptions, crisp with his routes. Uh, I, I think James Franklin was leading us on, okay? The wide receivers had a lot to prove. They were a big question mark in the offseason, but I think James Franklin used the media as a way to get the wide receivers to have a little more motivation. He needed them to be better. He said certain things, and I think he got that out of them. So I've been very impressed with the wide receivers after just one game. I know it's one game. It's one game, and West Virginia is an okay Big 12 team. I have some more thoughts on them in the final segment for my takeaways. But that's to start with that right there off the bat, the three takeaways. Your quarterback and your wide receivers are in a very good position to open up the season like this. Now, there's still more takeaways to come. We're going to talk about the secondary. I had some question marks about the depth. Are those put to bed? Uh, and then the tight ends, they were pretty quiet in the, in the game against West Virginia. Before we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job, the purple hiring frame, to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and then hire. 
That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And Locked On Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com, Penn State Rivals, all the latest. Check it out. Analysis from practice, game previews, game reviews. It's all at happyvalleyinsider.com. And college football season is back. It's official. And Locked On is kicking up the coverage. Each Friday, Locked On goes live 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on every Locked On College YouTube channel. So that includes this one. Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in depth like only Locked On can include, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. A few more takeaways here. How about the secondary? Pretty good shape, I must say. All right. I, I had some concerns about the boundary. And then, I, I mean, I, I didn't want it to happen. We don't get a weekly injury report. We actually do before kickoff. So two hours before kickoff, we found out that Daquan Hardy was going to miss the game. that He wasn't available. And I said, oh, man, this is where it's going to be put to the test. Who's going to come in? Is it King Mac? Is it Davian Collins? It was actually none of that. Penn State has a plan, and we got to see it on full display against West Virginia. And I would say that the secondary, I am, I am good with the blueprint that they have handling the depth at the cornerback position. So at the boundary cornerback, Penn State doesn't exactly have as many ready-to-go players as you would like, but you move to the back where the, of the defensive backs. Safety. You got a lot of safeties that can play ball. Zachy Wheatley, Keaton Ellis, Jalen Reed. KJ Winston, they can all cover, and that's what Penn State is doing. So on third downs and obvious passing situations, instead of forcing unproven cornerbacks into play, so no offense to Zion Tracy or King Mack, Elliott Washington, maybe we see Lamont Payne down the road. I'm just naming the first three that had the green light. Those guys got in later in the game to get them that experience because they're going to need it. But what Penn State, what we saw them do was have three safeties on the field at the same time. Zachy Wheatley over the top, Jalen Reed, Keaton Ellis in the slot, okay? They had guys moving in man and in zone. They used multiple safeties. So good on Penn State to realize that, I mean, of course they knew this, okay? Everything we had to do was speculation, but in terms of position, Penn State doesn't have enough boundary corners right now. So Daquan Hardy being out of the slot, what do they do? Well, let's just take a safety. Let's just bring Zach Wheatley to be that free safety over the top. And then we move Jalen Reed down. And then we move Keaton Ellis down. And Keaton Ellis used to play cornerback, boundary cornerback. So there is that experience. So versatility comes into play here. That is huge for them. And all those guys are good in coverage. They're, they're the best cover guys right now. I uh, don't know the severity of Daquan Hardy's injury. I uh, just know that he's not out for the season, that he will be back. Um, and Penn State has made the answer at cornerback. Uh, James Franklin did also address this in his press conference that if they are going to run some more nickel, which means that they do bring in three cornerbacks, they're going to move Johnny Dixon to the slot and then have Cam Miller and Kalen King on the outside. But you got quite the dynamic duo. Johnny Dixon and Kalen King look like mirror images of themselves. The only thing that differentiates them is the three and the four. 
Okay, the way that they cover, the way that they blanket wide receivers, it is hard to tell who is in coverage unless you know, unless you're right there, you can note and uh, pick out which number it is. They they look pretty identical when it comes to just pure skill. Now, Kalen King is going to be one is going to be the first cornerback taken in the NFL draft. But Johnny Dixon has come a long way as a pass defender, and I am very impressed with that. Uh, but all those guys, all those safeties that have been able to uh, pick up the slack, despite there not being a lot of depth at the boundary cornerback position, Penn State has found the answer. And the freshmen seeing playing time, as I mentioned, Zion Tracy, Elliot Washington. I also thought this was uh, interesting as well, was that KJ Winston and Jalen Reed were the starting safeties. Keaton Ellis, despite not, despite being a captain, was actually not one of the starters. So, but it, it, for Penn State football, Start is starting means only so much. Okay. Really think about it in basketball, the six man coming off the bench. Sure. You might be in the starting five, but the six man or the seventh man off the bench play a little more, play some more minutes than you play some more snaps in this case. Don't, don't take too much into it in the fact of that Keaton Ellis came in second. KJ Winston is a better downfield safety. Keaton Ellis is a better coverage safety. So I'm not surprised with West Virginia as a run first team that KJ Winston would be in the game first over Keaton Ellis. So when Ohio State comes around, Keaton Ellis is probably going to start a game like that. Delaware, Delaware, Keaton Ellis is probably going to start because Delaware is a more spread type of offense and they like to distribute the football uh, a little better. But I, I did think it was interesting that Reed and Winston were the first guys out there uh, for the tight ends. Okay. Ignore the quiet night from the tight ends. I, I, I was kind of boasting and blasting about how Tyler Warren and Theo Johnson were going to tear the West Virginia defense apart. And West Virginia prepared accordingly. I think it also had to do with the fact that there were cover zeros, that there were stunt blitzes. Mike Yersich adjusted the offense to that, okay? You have to counter. You don't just stick with your same game plan. It's not black and white. There's a lot of gray here. So with extra blitzers, you're going to leave Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren into block. This wasn't the night to stretch the field and to use five different wide receivers or pass catchers all in motion out in the football field. You needed them as extra reinforcements to keep Drew Aller upright, and that's what they did. So Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, a forgettable night, but they did their job. Their time will come. West Virginia knows. They had the tape. Everybody knew that West Virginia was gonna is bad at covering tight ends, so they game plan for it, and they did take them away, but it also opened up the offense for Keandre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace, Drew Aller, Malik McClain, the wide receivers themselves, to succeed. So I, I was, I, I had no issue with that, that West Virginia, they knew and they tried to do everything they could. They succeeded, but it opened up the floodgates in other places. So a couple more takeaways though, West Virginia, the team themselves, how did they do just uh, some quick thoughts and the reaction, of course, to them, them complaining about the final touchdown of the game. Before we talk about that, let's hear from our other sponsor of today's episode, and that is Game Time. So I've used the Game Time app. You got to download this app because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. I mean that. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy your tickets for everything sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. Some of the things that I like about the Game Time app well, first, there's the flash deals and last minute tickets. If you're looking to go to an event, you plan this last second like I do, then game time is the place to go for you. So you can search, you get flash deals. All you gotta do is swipe over and then you can unlock them and you get discounts on tickets 
to events that you want to go to. And then my second favorite feature, this is very handy, image views of the seats. So you get to see where you're going to be viewing the event from and any part of the stadium, of the venue, really neat feature, uh, HD pictures that give you a, an actual look of how the event is going to look for you. Game time is the place to get those last second deals on football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem code Locked On College. For $20 off, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And again, become an everydayer here on the show. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review if you can. Give me five stars if you really appreciate it. Give me feedback, positive, negative. It helps me improve the show any way that I can. But become an everydayer. Subscribe to the show. And in this final segment, we are going to talk about the, the special teams to lead off with that. But West Virginia, I just had a couple thoughts on uh, the Mountaineers and the way that they they handled the overall outcome of this game. But special teams, it's a major concern. Uh, it, it really is. I don't want this to decide games. Penn State is going to get in close games. If you're going to make the Big Ten championship, if you're going to contend for the college football playoff, if you are going to beat Ohio State and Michigan, you're going to have to have better execution on your punts, and you're going to have to make your field goals inside of 40, okay? I'm not here to harp on Sanders to Haydack. First-time starter, I get it, doesn't have too many in-game kicks. And good for Alex Falcons out of the transfer portal to come in and make the kicks that he was asked to. Uh, but two easy misses for Sahedak. That's all I'm going to say. I know that James Franklin made it a point that uh, Sander came up and unprovoked and, and spoke to the team and, and basically acknowledged and, and took responsibility for what had happened. That is a good, mature move. We'll see how it, it shapes up. Uh, and, and it's week by week. Penn State's going to go with the better kicker week by week until it is fully established. This was a kicking competition. There was a punting competition. I knew that Riley Thompson was going to come in and, and win the starting job. Uh, it was a little lackluster in his first couple of punts. He did have one for 46 yards. He only he only hit two. Okay, He only hit two punts. But Penn State does need to be concerned about its kicking game and its punting game. Uh, kickoff looked decent, right? Gabe Wosu handling kickoff duties. I was, I had uh, every single touchback, almost had one that did go out of bounds. But besides the point, very impressed with what Wosu was able to do. I mean, he's got the leg for it. And then Caden Saunders as the punt returner, that was expected at least, or at least we knew that he was going to be in the competition. We didn't know if he would emerge. I thought it would be Daquan Hardy, but Daquan Hardy is in fact hurt. So maybe Caden Saunders is just uh, manning the duties for now. And we'll see if when, if and when Hardy does come back, if he's going to take over. But uh, Saunders, just the just the one return. And he did let uh, he did let one punt go that he should have fielded. So just some just some judgment. It's week one. So maybe I'll let it slide here. But special teams a work in progress. You need to get that figured out by Ohio state desperately. Okay. You, you really need to, you don't want to have that lingering. And then for uh, West Virginia, the Mountaineers uh, fourth quarter and later on good, respectable opponent, top 15 offensive line. Uh, I, I thought the offensive line performed very well, which why, which is why the defense didn't overly dominate. Garrett green took care of the football, but West Virginia is a clown show. 
okay, I have no idea what's going on with that two-point conversion. Between the merry-go-round two-point conversion, I don't care that it succeeded. All right. And then complaining, well, Penn State ran up the score. I would have kneeled the football. Everybody in West Virginia and then Pitt trying to pile on and say like, oh, Penn State is classless. They ran up the score. You're down 31 to 13. And you do the merry-go-round that the Kansas City Chiefs did against the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, you can do that when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, when you're contending for Super Bowls and you're one of the best teams year in and year out in your given league. Okay, West Virginia is not in the top of college football. The Kansas City Chiefs are in the top of the NFL. They have one of the most respected coaches and they have the best quarterback in the NFL current to this day. Garrett Green is not that. Neil Brown is certainly not that. So you're going to run the merry-go-round. And look at Penn State falling asleep, trying to watch this clown show, get ready to line up at the line of scrimmage. If they wanted to do that, if they were up 31 to 13 and they did that, maybe, okay? That's the only situation you can do that if you're a really good football team and you want to get creative. That was just embarrassing. I was down. It really, it was downright embarrassing. You are a mid big 12 team and you try to pull that off. Okay. You're also going for two and doing those kind of antics when you're down. I know that it made the deficit 16 points when you converted it. Okay. So hypothetically with a few minutes left, never say never in the game of football. I can understand that, but it wasn't cute. It was stupid. And West Virginia's fans reaction to say that, oh, I don't care that it worked. The back of defense was in anyway. Okay. So with five minutes to go, you, you weren't going to, you weren't going to come back. And then second complaining that, oh, well, Penn state ran up the score after you ran that circus play. For a two for a two point conversion, mind you, to cut the deficit to 16 points with five minutes to go. Uh, unlike West Virginia, Penn State has cha- conference championship aspirations and college football playoff aspirations. Okay, margin of victory matters. And the backup offense was in. Your starting defense was in. You know how you keep Penn State from running up the score? You stop the backups. It's really not that complicated. Oh, well, they should have kneeled it. Those reps matter to Bo Prabula and the backups to make sure that they're ready if they need to go in at a moment's notice. You left your starters in. Not my problem. And same thing with Pitt trying to talk about that. Oh, Penn State's classless. You ran up the score on Wofford with your backups. Christian Veyer even threw the touchdown pass, right? Why are you trying to stick it to Wofford, who you never play? That there is no, there's no recruiting implications. There was no, there were no consequences if you beat Wofford 38 to 7 versus 45 to 7. That seven points is going to matter in the scheme of things because Penn State does have bigger plans when it comes to December. That touchdown that Bo Fabula scored is gonna matter uh, in a few months. That's all I'm gonna say. But uh really I you got to be able to stop the backups uh, if you have your starters in. That's that's really what it comes down to, Neil. Okay. Uh, a final takeaway here, and I'll keep this one brief and short. The game felt kind of boring. Like we are in a different age of college football now. So uh, lots of long stoppages, fewer plays, fewer possessions. The game felt shorter, but the event felt longer if that makes sense. And I know that some people will be able to relate. Let me know what you think about this in, in the comments section. Uh, so congratulations, uh, NCAA and Fox and ESPN, because this is carrying over across all the conferences, right? This isn't just about Fox, NBC, 
uh, and with the new TV deal, right? You tainted college football. Congratulations and, and made it. That's what made it exciting. It was different from the NFL. And now you're getting the exact same similar product. It is becoming a product uh, less than it is a game, a spirited competition. I get it. There's a lot of money in it. I understand the business of it, but it is it is definitely not the same. It feels longer. It feels drawn out. It doesn't feel as, you know, bang, bang, quick, one, one big play here. The next moment you got to flip it over. There are fewer drives. There's fewer plays in between. Sure, the event might be a little shorter in terms of overall time, but the game itself is drawn out to fit all those extra commercials that whether it's Chip Kelly or Lane Kiffin or anybody has made a point about. Yeah, the the game felt boring uh, for a lot of the time. And that's because we had a lot of instances where nobody was doing anything with the football because we were waiting around for uh, those commercials to finish up. So that's my brief thoughts on just in general for college football. Penn State, West Virginia, I mean, I bet the uh, TCU Colorado game, I didn't get to watch all of it, but that one was really exciting. Penn State, West Virginia at times, uh, could have put you to sleep. And maybe that's just because West Virginia likes to run the ball on first, second, third, fourth down. If they get a fifth down, I'm pretty sure they would have ran it too. Uh, and Penn State, like I said, uh, they were the better team. There was never in doubt. I never had one doubt that the Nittany Lions were going to lose this game. Uh, but that <laughs> really is going to say West Virginia is an okay team. I think they'll be 500. They'll make a bowl game. But uh, they were not. they were not that good. And Penn State got a solid victory out of it. Uh, now it's on to Delaware. So we'll have more content focused around that, previewing what Penn State needs to do against the Blue Hens. And then Illinois is the bigger test because that's the first road start for Drew Aller. And it's all going to be coming up right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.